1: What's up, geeks? It's Mike here from Geek Media Core Podcast. I just want to reach out for a second and announce that the show is now part of the Geek Vibes Nation Network, and it's something we're very excited about. Nothing is going to change with the show. You'll just be able to find more from us over on gbnation.com. While I have you here, if we could request that you guys subscribe to the program either on the Geek Media Core iTunes or Google Play channel or at the one for Geek Vibes Nation, we would greatly appreciate it. If you could leave a star rating or a short review, that would be terrific too, as it helps others to find the show. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy this week's episode.
0: So, someone outside?
1: Probably the neighbors.
0: Can I help you? This is an intense and all-consuming film to be a part of. Jordan has this way of creating terrifying moments. What are you people? <laughs> it's- It was very scary for me to play both the hero and the villain and to pursue both of their objectives. Stick with me. I'll keep you safe. Run! Jordan was so awesome because
2: there's just no limit to how weird you can get, how crazy you see how incredibly entertaining it is, what he does, and brutally scary.
1: If you want to make a truly terrifying movie... You have to go back to the master of horror himself, Stephen King. Pet Cemetery was known as Stephen King's most terrifying book. There are places in this world that bring things back.
0: Stephen King and Pet Cemetery it goes into a deeper level of what real horror is. Church
2: there are people in your life
0: that you cannot do
2: without what would you do to bring them back i know what you're thinking of doing but they don't come back the same Daddy. this is gonna take people on a wild
0: trip hug your daughter
1: sometimes dead is better You're listening to Geek Media Core, your weekly podcast for all things geek pop culture. What's up, geeks? I am Mike, and this is issue number 112 of the Geek Media Core podcast, where this week we will be talking about the MCU bringing back my love gun, Google throwing their hat into the gaming ring. If the Buffyverse is making a comeback, and now we have more TV news to talk about for change instead of movie news. But joining me as always is the man who you guys are going to wonder how we decided to hook up for this podcast because I don't think either of our opinions are going to be aligned at all tonight. What's up, Danny?
2: Oh, not too much. You know, we're we talking TV. We're talking the CW, right?
1: Uh, you know that's going to come up. I mean, it's. It, I mean, we got you on here. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Is me talking about something Stephen King related? Is you talking about something CW related? And if you guys didn't notice, uh, Doctor Claw is back because uh, uh, Danny is, is is indisposed. I'll just put it that way. So he will not be on camera tonight. But we still have the best part, and that's those glorious golden just tones of voice that he has. It's just
2: it's mesmerizing. Thought you were going to talk up your blue eyes or something.
1: Ah uh, well, yeah, you know. I'll just say that my wife didn't hate it. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> now we got that just completely off the rails here. Uh, before we get into it today, guys, um, we are going to do like we always do and talk about if there's anything that you watched, read, listened to, or played over the course of the last week that you want to mention before we get going.
2: No, I mean, I've been at the movie theater uh, quite a bit since the last time saw Captain Marvel and saw us, which both films will talk about. Uh, other than that, not really binging anything other than college basketball. Um, as most of America is so
1: are you a-, a U of h fan are you pulling for U of h or are you are you Minnesota? are you local Minnesota
2: I'm pulling I'll say I'll pull for for U of h I'm always up I'm always up for new bloods and um, they are one of those teams that has not been dominating and since the final fours in Minneapolis like it's definitely paying more attention to see like which fan base is gonna be here in uh two weeks
1: uh two weeks ago I think I, I- I brought up this uh, this wheel of time show that they're making on Amazon. I said I was going to start reading the books. Well, uh, I'm already on book two, <laughs> yeah. and these are big bastards. So it's a v- very very cool. It's 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 very very dense. I mean, there's so much going on that I'm actually having to keep notes because there's just so many characters. But uh, I can see why the fan base is so big. And you know, I, I now I'm kind of at that point right now where I feel kind of foolish for waiting this long as a, as a big fantasy reader to uh, to to read this series. But uh,
2: the it was not fan more, fan but- What's that? Is the book series finished? I'm like, uh, George R. R. Martin's. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, he got to, he realized that he was sick, uh, some kind of blood disease and that he didn't have that long to live when he was writing the last book, but he just kept getting sicker and sicker that he, uh, you know, said i want this story to be finished even if i can't do it and uh brandon sanderson another author that i really like is the guy who finished the last book for him so unlike george he had a plan in place i'm pretty sure if george dropped dead tomorrow just be like "Eh, whatever but you know we've talked about that with George. uh i consider the uh, show the official canon now so there we go like he, he said today, I saw a tweet today where it said like he wants he wants Game of Thrones viewers to know that the, the show is might deviate from where he's going in the books. I'm like, bitch, no one believes you're writing those books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so it's 15 years you've put out one book. Get out of town. Uh, okay, so obviously the biggest news of the past week, uh, we're gonna cover some things that we missed because we missed the episode last week because I was going to see Captain Marvel and our schedules just uh, kind of conflicted. But uh, we both saw us uh, Jordan Peele's newest movie. Uh, critical claim. Uh, I think that uh, just just based off of mine and his tweets, uh, that we kind of have different opinions of the movie. But I think it's for different reasons. Uh, a lot of people are going to think it's that I, I'm saying I did not like the movie. I on uh, Geek Vibes Nation, I gave it a 7.8 out of 10. And if we have really reached the point, guys, where anything above a seven out of ten is considered a bad grade, then I don't I don't really know where we're going uh, as a society these days. Uh, I, I thought it was a very very well done movie. Uh, again, my make complaint about it was that I didn't feel like it was horror. Uh, again, I feel like Jordan Peele's both of his movies. I've enjoyed them both. I've felt like they are feature length twilight zone movies, which is cool. And that's why I'm actually still very excited to see his spin with, uh, twilight zone, even not even knowing how much he's involved, if he's just the voice or if he's writing, producing, directing, any of that stuff, I'm not really sure. But, uh, this just like with get out, it kind of confirmed that, uh, I think he's the right guy for the twilight zone. But I'm kind of like, guys, I don't I don't know what you guys are talking about with this, like treating him like he's Hitchcock or something, Uh, because I feel like I I am well versed enough in horror. Uh, I've been I've watched a shitload of horror. Okay, I've read a shitload of horror and I feel like that I am a pretty good voice of authority in the genre. And I don't think. Elephant in the room here, and this might upset some people and I try not to take it that way, aside from casting predominantly African-American cast, I don't feel like he's really doing anything for the horror genre that hasn't been done a dozen times the past couple of years. If people want to take that as a a blast on the guy, it's really not, because I think it was a fine film. I enjoyed it. I didn't leave mad. But right now, I'd kind of compare him to, uh, and this is going to sound really bad to some people, I'd compare him to M. Night Shyamalan, and I mean that like early M. Night Shyamalan, before he really went off the rails. People tend to forget that, M Night after the first like three movies he was a hot commodity and people really thought hey this might be the next hitchcock or something like that. So I think that that coming from me that's that's a compliment. I'm not saying he's this is pre-village M Night Shyamalan here because the twist ending in this I kind of saw coming a mile away and I want to know if you did too but before we get really into spoilers I want to give Kind of a little talk before just our overall thoughts. I just did that. I just kind of rambled that off. Sorry about that. But uh, I want to know what you think kind of non-spoiler before we kind of get into some of the the, the, the likes and, and dislikes.
2: I, I think I, I will disagree with you from the get-go here. As far as what he's done for what Jordan Peele has done for horror, uh, $70 million at the box office, the biggest box office weekend for a horror, original horror film, not a sequel, not a remake. Uh, that's pretty big. It, it shows that there, if you market a horror movie, horror, I, I'm doing air quotes for you. Uh, if you market the movie, it can make money. It doesn't matter that it was rated R. It doesn't matter that it was released, you know, in the midst of superhero bonanza. I think that's pretty big for the genre. I think if you're a studio head and you see $70 million opening weekend because we invested in it, That that's gonna open that's gonna open more doors for horror movies being made. Someone referred to this as the golden age of horror. I don't disagree because you're seeing a lot of projects get greenlit for it. I mean, uh, even before this movie, there were a lot of trailers for horror movies that I've never thought like I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I'm actually interested in seeing Octavia Spencer and Ma. Like that actually seemed like pretty fucking terrifying. No. So I think that I think that in itself is a win not only for for Jordan Peele it's for the genre. I think the fact that they made this feel like an event like something that you could not miss is huge. Uh, it's a I mean box office is dominated by by superhero movies right now and this is a movie that I felt like I couldn't miss because everyone was going to be talking about it and I wanted to talk about it. Uh as far as the movie itself horror Sci fi horror is what I came out feeling like it, it was. Like, I knew that right away at the end of it, I'm like, Mike's not gonna like this because <laughs> true horror, it's true horror, whatever, whatever, however you define horror. Um, overall, though, I mean, without getting into spoilers, which we'll get into, I thought the movie was great, I loved it, I want to see it again. I thought Lupita Nyongo, um, deserves every bit of praise that she did because her dual world, her dual world, dual role acting was phenomenal i think she did a great job of giving me two different characters uh everyone talked about like oh did you see the twist coming yes but at the same time i don't think it's bad because he seeded it along the way you're supposed to pick up on it like at, you're supposed to pick up on it and the feeling that it left me at the end was i think the feeling that he wanted to leave me at was a little bit confused and again we'll get into that in the spoiler talk but i i, I liked it i thought uh elizabeth moss and tim heidecker their characters didn't really serve a purpose they were just kind of distractions because i wanted a little bit more of the the core family but other than that thought it was great winston duke again he that dude is a star on the rise he he can do funny he can do intimidating and his dual role let him do both is that Mbaka? mbaku yeah uh Was he doing like
1: Jordan Peele cosplay? Because for a second, he was like the voice and the acting. He seemed like Jordan Peele on when he was on Key and Peele. <laughs> I don't think that was like not intentional.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, he might have been a little bit. But like the fact that he could do the goofy dad and make the dad jokes and then become a very terrifying monster, uh, that dude's on the rise. That dude's going to be a box office uh, star over the next year. Over the next few years, I
1: would like to see him doing movies with The Rock. I think that'd be a good like Stallone and Schwarzenegger kind of duo. I think. I mean,
2: me. talking about casting a Gears of War movie. I mean, oh
1: yeah, Coltrane definitely. I mean,
2: definitely. Terry Crews for Coltrane, Winston Duke is your Coltrane right there. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the, it's like the one foot in, one foot out. I mean, I'm I'm never going to sit here and blast a movie that does good things for the genre ever. You know, I'm like always about. Go to theater, support horror, show people it is a legitimate genre to be reckoned with. It is, and I think that if I will give him credit for anything, okay, if he's legitimizing it to, um, what do I call it, the the film Twitter or the film school crowd, then that's cool. That's cool. I've said in my review that if A Quiet Place or Get Out was your brand of horror, then yeah, you're definitely going to love this. I think that when you get past about the age of 12, there isn't a horror movie that's going to scare you. You're not going to be like covering your eyes. You're not going to be like running away. Uh, what I said is at this age, what I consider horror is something that makes me uncomfortable, makes me maybe grab the the arm of my chair, or maybe something that out loud makes me say, oh, hell no, at least once. And I do not feel like, this, we really did that. Now I'll, I'll get to the, uh, the details, the specifics in, in, in spoiler. And if you got anything uh, else to go before we go into spoiler talk, I guess we can, we can do that now.
2: No, I, I mean, let's go into spoiler talk. Cause there were definitely moments where I, I definitely felt uncomfortable. Uh, okay.
1: So I want to know, w- w- here's my thing up to the living room scene. I was loving it. I was like, this is terrific. I am, I'm holding my breath in certain parts. As soon as she busts out that Forrest Whitaker voice from Rogue One, I felt like it was all <laughs> downhill as far as horror goes from there.
2: See, I, I didn't mind the voice because, it, it, I mean, and at that time, I'm like, do these characters talk? Do they say anything? And uh, by the end of the movie, when you realize that they don't really talk, they kind of have their own, like, yelling language. And uh, Red, I guess, is the the, the tethered counterpart. Uh, she's out of practice. So I didn't mind it. Um the whole scene where the where the, the tethered come for the first time, that, that to me had me on edge the entire time. Like, you don't know who's going to live, who's going to die. Uh, I mean, they freaking took out uh, Winston Duke's character, Gabe, like from the get-go. Like, they just kneecapped him, and he's just crawling and the see the big dude crawl and like struggle through it, like uh, definitely, definitely uncomfortable. By the end of the movie, though, that's where I felt uncomfortable because the, the twist was that, they had switched places at, at the at the Funhouse as a kid. Uh, Adelaide's character and the, I just felt immediately like I've been rooting Have I been rooting for the bad guy the entire time? Like, and that just left me in a real like weird spot. Like as a movie viewer, just rethinking it and playing it all back in my head. And again, Jordan Peele seated it the entire way. He wanted you to. He didn't want it to be, you know, like some weird plot twist. Like, oh wow, like oh wh-? I didn't see that coming because. The film, film Twitter here, if there's a shocking twist and it's not seeded, it's a gimmick and it's bad writing. Um, that's how film school teaches you to, to look at it. So I liked it. I liked the fact that I had to rethink everything after that point And it, it felt uncomfortable because I was like, oh, yeah, she got her. She got a," And then she lets out that yell. And you're like, oh, no, have I been rooting for the bad guy?
1: I'm not going to say that it's it's a detriment to the, to the writing that I figured it out. I've just, I've read all these horror stories and I'm always, my wheels are always turning trying to figure out the ending when I first start. So that's just, that's just me. It It, it isn't like I said, it isn't like the village by M night, which is when I was just like, dude, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. If, if you haven't watched the village don't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it kind of like, uh, I guess like Unbreakable, I compare it more to Unbreakable. We're like, okay, that, 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 that twist is pretty good. I I was, I was fine with the twist. I had no problems with that at all. Even if I figured it out, it's, that's fine. That's fine. That's that, that, that isn't what bothered me at all. I just felt like it went from hard horror to a slasher film to, I'm not sure, (laughs) a very confusing Twilight Zone episode. And and that's, that's okay. That's okay. I, I'm not going to hail it as the greatest thing ever, but it's also, it's fine. I guess that's why I would say it was fun.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I like it because you can watch the movie and it, it plays very well. I do feel like it was a little on the short side. I kind of wanted another 20 minutes. I kind of wanted a little bit more interactions between people and the tethered. It kind of did throw me for a loop that it went from, oh, there's this tight family of four, and now their friends are getting murdered. And now, like, oh yeah, no, wait, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of these tethered, and they just overnight they took over. That part kind of threw me for a loop. I kind of wanted to see a little bit more. Um, but at the at the same time, I kind of like the, the fact that I'm still thinking about the movie. I'm still thinking about all the layers that he, did, that he threw in there. And I think that's where the Hitchcock comparison comes through is that I tweeted it right after I saw the movie the first time is that it's a very old school approach to filmmaking. This is a very 60s, 70s, <laughs> like you can tell Jordan Peele loves movies because a lot of the Easter eggs, a lot of what he does throughout the movie, the layers that he put into this movie, it, it definitely reminded me of films that I dissected at, at film class as opposed to a more modern movie that was more polished, a little bit more surface level. So I, I appreciate that, that he made an old school movie and there are literally parts where it looks vintage 80s. And it, it's, to me, that's the fun part is that a guy who loves movies who want, who has stories to tell is getting his chance to tell stories.
1: I do want to highlight some of the acting, uh, before we move on, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's talking about Lupita, obviously. Um, Fantastic job. The, uh, the evil version of Zora, the daughter, she was spooky. Uh, that, that, yeah. that grin she had was, that was kind of, that was kind of bone chilling.
2: Uh, I hate child actors. That was good. She, uh, shoddy, uh, White Joseph, she was fantastic when she played her tethered role.
1: You, yeah, and that just shows acting with the eyes. If you can do that, man, you've you've, you've got a place in Hollywood. So that's pretty good. Uh, I, I I liked. I don't want to say that I really liked the the other version of of, of the boy but Jason, yeah i liked when they were together like when they were locked in that pantry together i was kind of holding my breath a little bit that was that was spooky and i liked the the whole puppet strings walking backwards in the fire that was pretty cool that was a, pretty was good a great shot i mean just cinematography that was a fantastic shot i wish they hadn't spoiled that in the trailer um but and of course you already, you already talked about mbaku so i'm gonna call him mbaku forever sorry
2: <laughs> nice the guy sitting next to me he's like Oh man, those those doppelgangers fucked up now. And Baku's gonna get him. When he started doing the bark next to me. I'm like, dude, what are you? Doing? <laughs>
1: uh, but and also Elizabeth Moss. Yes, I agree that the characters uh, they were just there to be sacrificial lambs, basically. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's just my 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 uh, Zoe Bartlett. That's West Wing. For anybody who didn't know, my Zoe Bartlett love and Handmaid's Tale love. That uh, I was like the part where she was like cutting her face. Pretty fantastic acting, but you know, I don't think anybody's ever said she's not a fantastic actress. So,
2: no, she. That, that, I mean, that seemed like I. Don't, I had to turn away a little bit. I don't like the whole throat slashing, cutting shits like that. That's where I draw the line.
1: See, that was my complaint. This movie, <laughs> if you drop You take out a couple of f bombs. This movie could have been PG thirteen. Why sure. are you cutting away every time there's violence? Why am I seeing? Why is the violence happening off of screen? You want to make me uncomfortable? Damn it! Show me the stabbings.
2: <laughs> show it. I, to me. I, I will say the the entire ending fight between uh, both Lupitas, I thought they that was a fantastic shot. I thought the fight was it was tense. It was like I said, it, it, like you think the whole time that the Adelaide character is, is the good person, and she's just getting her ass whooped, and it's kind of effortless on Red, and Red is just dancing and moving. And again, I, I think it's just the way it was staged, the way it was written. It was brilliant on Jordan Peele's part that. You're like, oh, no, she's going to get her ass kicked. She's going to die. She's going to be the only one that dies. And then when she does that yell and it flips on you, I, I mean, I, like, still to this day, like, it's one of my favorite. Like, I'm glad I didn't see spoilers for this movie. I'm I'm glad I experienced it uh, without without being spoiled at all. So so I could have that moment because I was just like, whoa, like, I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel a little dirty that I, I was rooting for this. And now I, I don't know that I want this
1: as someone who used to study music, I'll tell you why it was so tense because the soundtrack to this movie is phenomenal. And I'm mm-hmm. not talking about, I'm not talking about NWA or Beach Boys, although those moments were great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the, 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 strings. <laughs> the,
2: call the police.
1: Yeah. The, use, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, the strings, the use of strings on there, was very, very sixties Twilight Zone style. And I love that. I want more of that. And the, 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 the children choral arrangements. Terrific. Phenomenal need more of that in horror. So I'll respect it mainly for that. I felt like that if it didn't have that good soundtrack, I'm not sure I would have had the same amount of tension that you were feeling in the third
2: act. I, I think I, I, I mean, I should have seen that coming. Uh, Jordan did a, a big Spotify activation uh, where he kind of took over a playlist and he talks specifically about the use in music of film and how big a role music plays in film. And I, I should have seen that coming that he would really use that to heighten the mood here and uh, both the modern and the, the instrumental tracks that he, he chose that he chose them for reasons. He's very, uh, very intentional with his decisions. And I mean, it just added to it added to the whole movie. It made you laugh and smile at good times and disarmed you enough that when he did make it tense, like you felt it.
1: When it comes to what they're calling what elevated horror now, which is kind of artsy horror. I wouldn't really classify that as this, but I say, if it's a movie that has, that's in your head, you're thinking about it days later. Then, yeah, I consider it kind of elevated horror. And that's why I say, guys, if you haven't watched Hereditary, watch Hereditary. I know you, Mr. Film School guy, you would love Hereditary. Even just for the acting alone, I think, maybe. But uh, for some reason, I keep coming back to Hereditary with this because that was a movie, like the first time I watched it, I was kind of lukewarm on it. And then I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And then I listened to Now Playing Podcast uh, episode on it and heard about a bunch of things that I obviously missed the first time. I went back and watched it again, and like my mind was just blown. So maybe, maybe uh, I listen to their podcast about this movie, and I'll see some things that I noticed the, the first time. But where it stands right now, I think I like to Get Out just a little bit better.
2: I, I think the one thing that I haven't touched on is like the whole horror thing. I, I think that it is a little supernatural, a little sci-fi, a little thriller. I think there are some horror elements in here. I think that. There, there are some things that play a little bit. I know some people who who do fear like being replaced or the government. Like, uh, what was that? Uh, the government puts fluoride in your water to control you. Or something like that. Like it touched on some of those elements. So I'm not like to me. To me, it is horror ish. I, I imagined for you, it wasn't like horror. It was more thriller, more more sci-fi thriller, or, or
1: what? psychological. Yeah. Drama. So, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a horror snob. I don't think there's such yeah. a thing. I was just saying that it, it wasn't my brand of of horror. So I'm not. So when 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 Jordan Peele tweeted, "It's not an elevated horror movie. It's a horror movie." I kind of got to disagree. But you know what? Like I said, if he's getting more, it's like I said that there are better fantasy tales out there than Game of Thrones. But you know what? Mm-hmm if Game of Thrones got a bunch of eyeballs that it would have never gotten before, same with this. If this has gotten a lot of eyeballs that people who never would have considered watching horror before, then I'm all for it, man. Anything that is going to get the genre more attention, the attention it deserves. And like I said, legitimize it. No one's going to look at it like, like a B movie anymore than, Hey man, I'm all for it. Even if I didn't like it as much as everyone else.
2: I mean, aren't you just glad that they're not doing found footage horror anymore? Oh, thank God, man.
1: Cause I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was cool when it came out and then it was just like,
0: Oh,
1: not not really really. Um, all right. Well, hey, I'm glad we both actually got to go see. Like I said, Danny's going to see two horror movies this year, guy. That's a big deal maybe, to me. That's maybe
2: three because I'm kind of, I'm not lying. I'm kind of interested in Mom in <laughs> well, <what>? or oh, Ma. <laughs> Ma and uh, La Yerona. Like both of those, I, I'll probably be seeing. Theater. La
1: Yerona. I was just having a conversation with you guys before before yeah. we went in there. Uh, Pinch Daddy and uh, and Pat the Stat, and that was a pretty fun thread. So
2: <laughs> they don't know what they're messing with.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, another one we talk about, because I keep saying we are truly in the King Renaissance because people are realizing now that Stephen King is, hey, you know, he's actually a pretty good writer. You know, he's not called the master of horror for nothing. And I will go on record right now and say Pet Cemetery will be a scarier movie than us.
2: I mean, that's that's what a limb you're leaning out on.
1: Uh right uh huge hit with critics uh it was uh, screened at SXSW am I saying that right or is it, is it South by Southwest,
2: Southwest? Yeah, yeah, SXSW Southwest.
1: um <laughs> uh it's sitting at a ninety three percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes right now which stunned me because after the the stuff I heard from uh, South by Southwest was about just how dark it was and how it did not pull any punches and that it is legitimately freaky I thought okay well actual horror people are loving this so I'm thinking critics might not basing it off of how much they love get out and and us but apparently they like it a lot too which i'm I'm kind of stunned about but even with my gripes that i've talked about before i know fellow constant readers the kind of people who don't know a constant reader is someone who reads everything stephen king puts out regardless of what it is uh people i know that are big time constant readers have seen this movie and said they shared the same concerns that i have have said it's freaking phenomenal and it's like we said with us, it's still it's still in their head and it's going to stick with them for a while. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do that tries to surprise uh, people that are huge fans of this book, which I have said time and time again is Stephen King's scariest book. I know most a lot of people say The Shining. And while I say Shining has the scariest scene, this is the scariest overall book. And if they're hitting those beats, they've said that they did not give away everything in the trailer because I was like, dude, that trailer looked like a two-minute condensed version of the entire story. But they're saying that there's there's some things in the third act that are completely different. And I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes that way, but yet it's still respectful. So I know you're not going to get the three horror movies this year, but um, I'm hoping maybe I can check this out on Blu-ray.
2: I'm, I'm kind of interested. I I saw the trailer beforehand. It, It was, it caught my eye. I might check it out. Maybe wait for word of mouth and see what you say opening weekend. But, Uh, It's got John Lithgow in it. I think he's a criminally underrated actor, and one of the best for a
1: generation, man. Definitely,
2: I think that just him alone makes me interested, and that speaks to how good of how good of an actor I think he is. For what I'm hearing, the the
1: the daughter in the movie really kind of just is just this is like gonna be her breakout film, and so that's that's really encouraging because you know, like I said, they're changing the story up. And I said, if it's just going to be some creepy little girl movie like we've seen a million times before, if they apparently are doing something different with that, with the man, I'm I'm curious to see what it is. But from what mm-hmm. I understand, that this is if, you, if if gore makes you queasy, this might not be for you.
2: Is this rated? Is this rated R?
1: Hard R, yes. Like apparently they were saying they were stunned that it, that the uh, the uh, MPAA came back and didn't have them cut anything to get it down to just R. So I'm um, I'm curious what that means exactly.
2: Yeah, no, I mean it's reviewing it's reviewing well it, obviously it's the box office won't look as kind because it's releasing alongside Shazam even though those are two totally different yeah,
1: no, this is counter programming for
2: sure. I think if this thing nets over 25, you got to chalk that up as a win.
1: I look before it's 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 uh it's it's tracking for 28 million, which is
2: fr- That's a win.
1: Before you guys try not to compare it to uh, us here, but before us and before it that's huge for horror. That's a huge weekend for horror. And I think this is going to have the word of mouth. Uh, like you said, you know, we're going to have the, uh, the, the superhero glut here in, in, in a couple of weeks. And this is going to, this and us are going to kind of be counter programming. And I think word of mouth will probably carry both of those quite a bit.
2: Well, I mean, keep in mind that us, the opening weekend was what, about 60, 70 million. And that was the record for a original film. So, 28 wouldn't was very respectable. And I think that's why I said 25, anything above that is, is a win, especially considering you're, you might have a hundred million dollar opening movie from Shazam. Mm, it's
1: a good segue. There's a good segue. See, I'm going to see pet cemetery that Thursday night. Cause I'm doing the review for, uh, for, for Geek Vibes nation. And then I'm taking my son to see Shazam on Saturday. Uh So, uh, also a hit with critics. Uh, Danny, you know, anytime a DC EU movie comes out, it's always the hand wringing about, well, what are critics going to think about it? You know, we might end up liking it, but what are critics going to think about it? I look before here, I think it was at 47 reviews and it was 95%. They're saying it is uh basically big meets uh, an ambulance superhero movie. Uh, so that to me sounds like right up my alley. I haven't heard anybody say anything negative about it. Uh, heard one guy that, that, was there's always admitted, a guy. well no the, the guy who admitted that he thinks that he had he has enough biases now that there's like a stigma against dc movies that he feels like that was in his head before he went because he said he said the same thing about aquaman then he watched aquaman again and he's like oh i actually loved it the second time so i think that that, that does exist that does exist where people just just expect to we've, we've said this for years on this podcast that people grade those movies on a different scale than they do marvel or fox or sony movies don't know why whatever but it had they had their fan preview uh weekend and it made more than aquaman did in his fan preview but it's still only tracking for a 50 million dollar opening weekend i think it's going to shatter the shit out of that
2: 70 reviews on rotten tomatoes five are rotten uh and they go full-on rotten (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they're all from like super tiny little things that I've never heard of. So, I mean, your girl, Grace loved it. So I mean, there you go.
1: Call me, Grace. Call me. <laughs> Wait, Don't call me. Text me. Text me.
2: <laughs> heard you know, voice. Yeah. I think uh, I, I look at this. I'm very excited. Obviously I didn't get a chance to see it uh, for that early preview because the line was out the building wrapped around across the, the lobby. And that's good. It's encouraging. That's insane. Cause I didn't think that that would be the case. And yeah, people had apparently had been lining up for like two hours just to see this movie early. Um. Again, I, I thought from the get-go If they nailed the character This would be a bigger hit than people realize It is wish fulfillment to a T It is everything a superhero should be A child getting granted superhero abilities What would they do? And they nailed it And they made it funny And Zachary Levi, by, by all uh, Everything that I've seen Is charming and perfectly cast And again, we shouldn't freak out about the suit Because... Everything that we see on the suit isn't of course is not uh the final product, so yeah no I'm excited to see it I, I will be seeing it opening weekend and i I can't wait uh everything has me hyped for this one and it'll be a nice palette cleanse before we get to end game, which looks like it's going to rip my heart out over three hours and shred it to pieces can't wait can't
1: wait. <laughs> Uh, Shazam, you know, I mean, this is where we get the uh, Oh, Mike's a DC hack Or whatever, something like that I mean, Man, I've criticized Batman v Superman Justice League, Suicide Squad as much as anybody uh, I don't know
2: why we do that Suicide I, Squad I,
1: <laughs> I've said that Shazam Was a character I did not give a shit about Seeing an adaptation for Dan's yeah. the one who sold me on it And you know what, the second they, they, they cast Zachary Levi, I was a huge fan of Chuck I felt like that show was just before the superhero boomer It would have been a really, really big hit Uh, so I mean look my son is super excited about this I feel like the people who are kind of like trashing it I'm like maybe you aren't the target demographic Uh, like you said uh, a kid who gets to be Superman basically that's that's the dream right there so uh, my kid is right now he's number one Shazam number two Endgame number three uh, Spider-Man Far From Home that's that's his order of excitement of superhero movies right now so
2: I think think it's The coolest thing in the world that, you know, maybe not even 10 years ago, you go on the playground and kids and everyone would be like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Mm Spider-Man. I think five, six months from now, you go onto a playground with kids and you're going to see kids wanting to be Black Panther and Shazam and Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. And like no one really is going to want to be Batman, Superman. I think that's the wildest thing in the world. But I also think it's the coolest thing that a lot of these great characters are getting handled really, really well and showing that we can avoid superhero fatigue. If we don't rely on the same tired characters, don't put the X-Men in a movie for the next five years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. In a, a, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but if you told me that uh, Shazam Aquaman and Wonder Woman, were going to be the new DC Trinity. I told you you were smoking something. Uh, hey, let's switch to the MCU here. And, um, I, I think it's become like a joke at this point, guys, about how much I hate Ant-Man and about how much Danny hates uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But, hey, James Gunn is back in the MCU, and I could not be happier. I When I heard this news that he was coming back, uh, Danny texted me yawn. I was like, whatever. I'm super excited. Uh, like I said, I don't know how much of that was a dig and how much of it was serious because I really was to the point where I, like, I had no interest in Guardians 3 if it didn't have him in it. And that was the only reason... I was interested in a Suicide Squad sequel, reboot, whatever they're calling it now, which I got questions about that. I thought for sure when I saw that, I was going to say, OK, he's decided to walk away from Suicide Squad. So he just like honey-dicked Warner Brothers and was like, yeah, I was just kind of using you to get a better contract. Like, you know, when you take a as a free agent in football, you take dinner with one team to get the contract offer you want from your, your current team. I felt like that's what it was. But apparently they're saying he's not even going to start pre-production on Guardians 3. Until he is done with uh, the, the Suicide Squad, which I got questions, Danny? How can the Suicide Squad be a reboot, but it's still got uh, what's her name? Uh, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn in it, and it still has a, a, our, our girl Viola is Amanda Waller. How, how is it a reboot then? So, just, is, is that their way of just saying we don't get? We're just going to pretend that first one didn't happen. We're going to keep the good parts.
2: I, I think you'll you'll get a wink, wink, nod, nod because it, it is James Gunn, and he's it, it would be. It wouldn't be James Gunn if he didn't like give a wink, wink, nod, nod uh, to the original. I think it's a soft reboot, something that you can you kind of push ahead. You kind of like maybe vaguely acknowledge it, but not really You call it a bad dream, a bad nightmare. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they frame it, especially with the the change at at Deadshot. But, you know, I I say yawn, and that's just because I wasn't I'm not really interested in a third Guardians movie. I'm still because
1: you don't like fun.
2: I don't like Guardians 2. I, I, it's just not a movie for me. It's not something that resonates with me. I, I don't know what story is left to tell about the Guardians personally. I mean, you have the daddy issues resolved uh, for both. By that point, you'll have it for both Star-Lord and Gamora. What story is there to tell?
1: Drax's daughter is alive. <laughs> I don't know. I'll worry about that. All I'll say, say, brother, is I understand your criticism of the too. I do. Like I told you, when I watched it again, I understood the criticisms. But I think if you watch part one again and remember how much you love that one and then watch two again, you'll be like, it's not that
2: bad. And then I remember Star Lord's an idiot because he's the reason why half the universe is gone. You should
1: thank him because we're going to get another awesome movie thanks to him instead of a one and done.
2: I, I will say the best part about the whole James Gunn story is the the video where they splice the Batista's wrestling promo with uh, the Disney the Disney logos and stuff like that, and he's like, "Give me what I want, you know what I want," and I just I, crack I haven't it. seen this. It's I'll tweet it at you later. It's hilarious. It made me it like cracks me up.
1: I was just super happy. It was like the best the best news I could have I could have gotten that day because I was having a really shitty day of personal stuff that no one cares about before that. So that was that was that was, that was, that, was a, that was something nice to hear for a change. Um I don't know how long this is apparently that the, I think it was our buddy Fro probably who said that this was this was like he compared it to it's like when WWE fired Hulk Hogan after his controversy. They were going to let it let it calm down and then they were going to bring him back. And so, hey, Froge tends to be right about these things more than he's not. So uh, uh, if, he, if he's you. listening, I hope he isn't because I don't want him taking that, you know, that, that going to his head that I just said that.
2: I think my biggest issue with The Guardian 3 is it's not going to have my, my guy Yondu or Danta, And I don't I, Why would I want to see a movie that doesn't have Yondu? It's
1: a good point. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll have teenage Groot. Oh wait, no. So so if he comes back in in uh in Endgame, is he going to be like the baby Groot? Is he going to be full grown Groot? Is he going to be teenage Groot? Oh, who knows? Who knows? And he need to sell does some he, toys. It might be somewhere does
2: he, does he even come back?
1: All right. So I did go see Captain Marvel, and I had some thoughts. It's been out long enough. It's it's at it like nine hundred and fifty billion worldwide. So I'm pretty sure anybody who's listening to this has probably seen it. So uh, we are going to talk to spoilers
2: that's crazy but, i know
1: I, especially since we talked about it we didn't feel like it had any buzz so it, it's amazing it just that just it shows man people are just it's just a constant now that people are going to go see this stuff so uh, i do want to get into some spoilers though because um i think we need to since since to a month away
2: before we go to spoilers my guy ben Mendelssohn, yay or nay
1: uh of course i thought he was one of the best parts of the movie if you know what? i've got a a what I liked, what I disliked, and a what could be approved on but weren't bad list that I'm going to kind of run through. And I, I just kind of want to know if if you agree and if you want to add anything to each section. No, okay. so, so what I liked, uh, the first act. I heard a lot of people say they didn't like the first act. The first act was my favorite part of the movie. Do you know why? Because I felt like I was watching fucking Green Lantern. It was awesome. I was like, dude, put like a little green bubble around them. This is a Green Lantern movie. I'm loving this shit. This is terrific. I love that. Whole first act was terrific. I liked the banter between the team. We got to see Korath again from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought that was really cool. Ooh. I loved it. Uh, the '90s pop culture, obviously, I'm going to find that stuff terrific. The blockbuster video, the all every when she first dropped yeah. the blockbuster video, she looks at that top row. I'm like, dude, I have seen every single movie up there. The Bush poster, the No Doubt, the the music, all that I had no problem with that. I Radio
2: check loved- the original Game Boy Sound, like yes.
1: Oh, oh my god, <laughs> yes, the Game Boy. Uh, I loved uh Young Fury and, and, and Colson, even though Colson was just kind of like a cameo basically. It was still cool to you know just see him again. I know someone like you who still watched the HS show that had to feel like a real like champion moment for you. Uh, I, if they've really gotten this good at the de-aging, dude, I am excited to see like sequels to movies I thought I'd never see because they could de-age actors now. I want to see Big Trouble in Little China too. With Kurt Russell, with young Kurt Russell, and if you guys can do this, I want to see that. Uh, so obviously, I thought that, I'll, dude, anything that's got Fury and it's probably going to be pretty good. I did like the scrolls. Middleton was far and away better than any of the other ones. I,
2: I thought the, what about the science was like, guy, but the science guy is pretty good. It was. I thought
1: the makeup was just like okay. I don't really know what I was expecting because I mean it's not like they didn't look like that in the comic book. Um, I'll get more into what I disliked. Uh, but I mean, that that's pretty much most of the stuff uh, that I liked. What did you like? Anything I didn't mention besides Mendelssohn? Because I mean, to be honest, you were going to like Mendelson even if he was bad in this movie, because that's your boy. And I respect that.
2: He is my boy. I described it. Uh, I think when I talked about it and here, and then on Twitter, it, the whole movie, it felt like he's just strutting. He's just, I mean, the time of he his life- oozes <laughs>
1: charisma. He really does
2: even with all that makeup, like you can tell it's been Mendelsohn. You, he, you can tell he's enjoying it. He's having fun with it. A lot more fun probably than he had on the star Wars movie. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I liked him. The the whole science guy bit was cracks me up the whole, like, Oh no, you took out. I was like really happy. He's like, you took out like 15 of my best guys. I don't want to fight you. This goes nowhere for me. Like that mm-hmm. made me laugh. I'm like, finally someone admits this. Uh, the one thing you didn't mention that I loved is the whole, uh, brain the brain film scene where they're kind of going through her memories. I thought that was I thought that was a exceptionally well done. I think B it cuts to a lot of the backstory of who Carol Dammer is. I wish they had brought that back at the end because I thought it was enjoyable seeing him play with the memories and like go back, rewind that focus here. Um but yeah no other than that I think you touched on At first I I
1: hated it, but as it as it went through I was first I was like this feels really disjointed and messy and kind of feels like it's being rushed. But I, I was I finally,
2: that's kind of what it's supposed to feel like it is disjointed because they've messed with her memories and I think I would have loved to see them unravel that and at the end of the movie give you a clear linear sense of like yeah this is who she was this is who she is again
1: Warner Brothers completely rip off that first act and make a Green Lantern movie that proves to me it can be done it's, Yeah, make no, it I mean, in space don't put it on Earth put it in space and make it just like that oh, space is sexy all right, let's get into uh what I disliked here. Uh the majority of the second act I thought was just atrocious. I thought that the actress playing uh her friend Rambeau was absolutely horrible, wooden acting, had some of the worst lines I'd ever heard. I don't I knew they wouldn't be to have like this big emotional thing with her and her friend, and I just wasn't feeling it. I felt like they had no chemistry at all. I wasn't buying it. The villains, uh, I mean the, the the twist with the villains was I don't know. So I mean, I don't even know the guy's name. Who did Jude Law play? What was his name?
2: Oh, I me pull it up real quick.
1: See, I, you know, I love Jude Law, and I mean, and you know when I was watching this, Danny. I was like, dude, if they want to stick with an old James Bond, I wouldn't mind Jude Law.
2: No, he's he's too busy being sexy Dumbledore.
1: That's, say, that's true. That's true. Sexy Dumbledore. You got to put that in there. Uh, uh, Jude
2: uh, Law played
1: Jan Rog. Okay, so I can see why I didn't remember this name. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't really that as much as a. Uh, Annette Bennings character. Uh, okay. So she was a Cree. Danny, it's been a long time since I read the Cree scroll war. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the scrolls, the bad guys in that?
2: Traditionally, the scrolls are, and this is why I walked out and I was like, I was wondering what the reception would be for the Cree scroll. Traditionally, the, the scrolls are the, the true villains, the Cree, kind of heroic, kind of not heroic. Depends on your, your point of view, but uh, the scrolls are 100% always bad. And it was for me, it was really interesting to see that. Oh, and this they, they've kind of shifted it to where the Kree are assholes and the scroll are being chased and hunted down and you know being exterminated. And I didn't mind it, it's different, it definitely takes away secret invasion a little bit. Like,
1: that thing was like, you're not gonna get secret invasion done right now.
2: There are some people who are arguing that you can still pull off secret invasion, I don't want to get into that. That's a it's whole. own. Um, yeah.
1: We can do that after endgame and our end game. I feel like
2: we need hope for that, but um, yeah, it, it's a different take. But I didn't, I didn't hate it because.
1: No, I'm not so attached to the Cree scroll thing. I mean, I I guess it, it kind of thought it would be confusing to people because you've got Ronan back in this, and, and you're like, okay, so Ronan's this big asshole, but is he the only asshole out of the Cree people or something like that? I can the, get only, right this way.
2: the only thing I didn't like about Ronan is that he didn't have the same makeup from.
1: Uh, it didn't it? it did yeah. not look right.
2: It just looked weird
1: yeah i'm with yeah you.
2: we got lee pace for a day guys we're not going to do the full makeup we're just giving blue skin
1: uh, a couple more things i disliked and i mean this is going to be probably a gripe in just about everything uh, i thought that the cgi in the third act went really like disney's the rocketeer it was just like yeah it really looked really good in that first act i don't know why it kind of looks not so much in this third act and dude this has some of the worst one-liners i've heard in the mcu i mean, like Arnold. Couldn't have delivered these lines. Dude, why you got to shoot off my dude Arnold's head? Come on. That ain't cool. <laughs> that really didn't bother me. That was, that was funny. Um,
2: yeah. So, I mean, I guess
1: that's, that's the majority of it. Uh You, you like know, how they handled her
2: powers. Up. Who's that? You like how they handled her powers, where she got them from. And- I
1: did. I mean, tying in the test, right, was cool to the point to when I was when, – when the credits were rolling, me and my buddy were talking about it, and I was just like, wait, wait. I gotta go back and watch some of these movies because twenty two movies. I can't remember how the test got here and how the test got there. So I was like, I I don't even remember.
2: Uh It was burned through the plane in Captain America,
1: right? Uh, That's what I said. I was like, okay, yeah, he had it in Avengers. And my wife's like, didn't Red Skull touch it? I'm like, oh shit, my wife just got me on that one. I forgot all about
2: that. Yeah. So Howard Stark fished it out and. Everyone assumes that it was in shield possession, shield SSR possession, until I guess this fills in the gap that uh, Marvel took it away from her.
1: Okay, I did like the way that they did the the, the powers thing. I mean, I, I could tell that, that someone had had messed with her memories. Thing they did something similar on Farscape. So uh, much like my oh, I figured it out in the horror thing. I didn't figure this out. I'm just saying that I, I've seen a lot of these sci fi tropes. But I, I like the way that they did that and the whole Veers thing. That was that was a cool reveal. I like that. The
2: Veers thing was I, I like the Veers thing. I, I still disagree that she is the most powerful superhero because she's reality. She's a uh, infinity stone powered, but so are vision and Scarlet witch. So how is the space stone more powerful than the mind stone? Like that's a whole, again, that's a whole other thing, but like three of the three of the Avengers are powered by infinity stone.
1: When you take a blast from a dying star, you can talk to me about being the strongest Avenger. And we all know that that's Thor, the mighty Thor.
2: I do, Uh, I do like as we kind of transition in game, and she was in the second in game trailer. I love that, though. I love that that little banter that she and Thor have. That makes me excited. I don't
1: know. I'll I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait and see. Uh, What could be approved on? But I don't think it was necessarily bad. Uh, Brie Larson. There was a lot of talk about her performance from a lot of people. It seemed like everyone that was reviewing the movie was talking about everything except her. I think with maybe a great director, she could be really good. I'm interested to see what the Russos did with her because remember, I didn't really care for Doctor Strange that much, but I, he was one of my favorites in Infinity War. So I'm thinking maybe with a, a better director, and, and I don't want to trash this director. I don't think I know anything else this director's done. I just feel like maybe it wasn't the right fit. I think with maybe. a great director, I think she could be really good. But I think
2: when you look at the the history of the of, this is so weird that we're saying the history of the MCU and. We have accurate sample size here. With the exception of Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, every other hero, when they're introduced, their first movie, it, they're, it's a struggle. They, they're they trying to find their footing. They're trying to find what works, what doesn't. I mean, even my boy Steve Rogers, his first movie, he's okay. Like, he's a believable Captain America, but it's not until the Winter Soldier and, and the first Avengers where you're like, oh, yeah, no, this dude is Captain America. This is the guy. Uh, Thor, I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about how awful – Thor, Thor
1: 1. That <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Insane.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, Doctor Strange is a good one that you point out. Black Panther, He, uh, you've said that he's better in his first appearance.
1: Yeah, I thought he was better in Civil War than he was in his own movie. It'll that, be was, that was writing problems, not him.
2: Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how they play him for Black Panther 2 compared to Black Panther 1. So, yeah, no, I, I, see the, I see that there's a foundation you can work with with Brie Larson. She obviously loves playing the character. She had a lot of uh, fun Surprising fans over opening weekend, like at the movie theaters, uh, which is a big part of the whole Marvel thing. So, I'm excited to see what the Russo's do because they usually get the characters right.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I also want to talk about Goose. Now, anytime you're going to have an MCU movie, you're going to have oh, these yeah, tropes. Yeah, the Rhino in, in Black Panther. Yeah, you know, you're always going to have these tropes. And, and I thought it was fine at first, but it just got ridiculously over Goose the top. Oh, man, you what? I love Goose. Goose is great. Too much. It was just too much for me. I
2: think Nick Fury, like talk baby talk to a cat is like the funniest. I can't wait till they're reunited and then in, in, game. is going to be great. Uh,
1: I thought that the fight choreography was just okay. Like I said, I really liked that first act, but I understand what they were going for. And I love that song by no doubt. I didn't feel like it fit for that moment of the film. I felt like that was supposed to be the big fight and inserting that song to have some fun. I felt like that's something that should have happened in the middle act. So that goes to my final one, which is just the overall pacing I felt was really off. The second act, I was really, really bored. I feel like some tighter, tighter writing could have probably fixed that. But, I mean, I'm going to rank this kind of where I do with, like, a Doctor Strange or an Iron Man sequel, where I feel it's watchable and a good time, but nothing I'm really going to ever pick to watch again. I'm not going to be, like, looking at, oh, I got these 23 Marvel movies. I'm going to pick this one to watch. But it's also one that I'm not going to change the channel if I see it on, which I think is, you know, the the 7 out of 10 Mm -hmm. solo MCU standard. It's not a bad thing.
2: It's better than Thor. It's better than Thor. (laughs) <laughs> better than Thor better than Hulk better than the original Ant-Man like it, it plays towards that that Captain America Iron Man spectrum Iron Man 2 Iron Man 2 is a bad movie
1: <laughs> all right so that's where we're, that's where we are headed to uh to, to, to end game so uh the, the post credit scene where she just like shows up okay cool uh she's there so I guess I've talked about this and we'll talk about it more guys. We're going to talk about Endgame a lot and because we're going to have a special preview episode for that. So we're going to kind of keep it tight here. I'm just going to say my one concern about this is I feel like the whole point of dusting everyone except the OG Avengers. I want them to be the ones who figure this out. I don't want, I don't want super OP characters to show up and save the day. I'm hoping that what
2: Ant-Man's not dusted. Ant-Man can save the day.
1: Yeah, well, you got to have someone there for plucky comic relief. That's why rockets there, you know. So I mean, it's it, you, got,
2: I, you still I'm, got Ant Man, you still got Hawkeye. They're going to come save the day.
1: Well, Hawkeye was in the original Avengers. I'm fine with that. I just I'm <laughs> just saying I don't want the new kid on the block to show up and save the day. I want the the if this is going to be their last movie together, I want to see them be the ones who figure it out, not you the.
2: You've got three hours and two minutes. You will have plenty of time for the OG movie. <laughs> you
1: know what? That solved my issue of uh, taking my kid to the theater now. And I'm not taking my kid to a three-hour movie. No way. You
2: can make it through a three-hour movie. No way.
1: I mean, I just, I'm just i curious if I can make it through a three-hour hour movie without peeing. So,
2: <laughs> i yeah. to see. I mean, my whole approach is I'm going to fast, like, for four hours before the movie just so I don't have to worry about it.
1: Uh, So, I mean, tickets go on sale in, like, a week, guys. And I'm going to go ahead and say – it's Buy your gonna, tickets in reserve because I don't think you're walking up to any theater and get this. This is tracking for 265 million domestic opening weekend.
2: Yeah. I'm going to see it like seven times. It's going to be great.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say this is going to do force awakened numbers, but I wouldn't be stunned if it does.
2: This is going to be, this is going to be big. Like there, before I saw Captain Marvel the second time around for the trailer for Endgame. and the theater's full, and people are cheering for the trailer, and they're cheering for the Avengers, they're booing Thanos like he's a freaking wrestling heel. (laughs) It's it's like, I was tweeting with someone earlier, like, it's weird because like there's such an attachment to these movies and these characters, and I mean, anybody who is a diehard is going to be out opening weekend and seeing it at least twice.
1: That's probably a safe bet, and I mean, I've been for days i've been walking on so yeah
2: that,
1: that theme's in your head you're uh you're ready I'll, you're ready i
2: will say the posters dropped and they're whatever to the posters whoever made the Stanley like avenge the fallen poster, fuck you because that i didn't need that today i did not need the emotional just like destruction of my heart today
1: i thought the uh, the joking ones were the best like it was just a pile of ashes for spider-man <laughs> <laughs> uh, those were better. Then someone made one of a uh, Save Daredevil, and they had them with Daredevil on there, and I thought that was pretty cool.
2: I agree. I saw John Wick, like really leaning into <laughs> the Avenges of Fall, and so I'm like, that's how you promote your movie right now. Good for you.
1: Well, to tell you how big a moment this is, I've seen everything. The Jacksonville Jaguars made one for some for of their point. players. The. the uh, who else is walking dead did some with the same thing. So I was like, Dude, that just tells you how big this is. It, I mean, the, the, the day this is happening and you have people spoofing it, that's, that's huge. That's huge. This is a, this is a moment we're going to talk about, you know, years from now, I think, because I don't think, I feel like it's not ending, but I feel like this is the peak. I don't feel like it's ever going to be bigger than this. I don't see how it could be.
2: I mean, I've said that every single time with these movies and, they still find a way to top themselves. So I mean, credit to Kevin Feige who has the master plan and who is allowed to, like show his show his vision and, and do it unimpeded. And now that he's got all the toys in the sandbox,
1: so we're moving next. So Lord Feige, not only did he bring back the most popular Marvel character in Spider-Man, now he's got all Fox and Fan he's got all the Fox uh, X-Men and Fantastic Four characters back too because that that merger is a-
2: Stones. Who? He's collected all the his Infinity.
1: Yes, yeah, he, he has them all now. So I was like, "Who's who's left?" I mean, even got. Have we ever had it like seriously confirmed that they have Namor, or is nobody just like care enough to actually confirm this or not?
2: I think they have Namor. Even if they didn't, like, they don't have Spider Man. They will never have Spider Man one hundred percent because Sony's Sony smart enough to see the money. But Sony's I feel also like yeah, they like, hey,
1: appreciate the, the the benefits from that yeah. enough that they aren't going to be dicks about it. So. No.
2: I mean, they see it now. Like you can have the entire Marvel universe. Yeah, of course we're going to let Spider Man just ride that wave behind them and like cash in where we can.
1: I know we touched on it when the news was first announced, and we 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 talked about the 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 pitfalls of a monopoly and stuff like that, and why we why we were worried about it, why we're excited about it. So I want to know, like, now that the deal is done, like a year later, I want to, besides your concerns about inserting just you know shoehorning the X Men in there. How do you feel about the deal now are you still for it or are you still against it
2: I think, I, don't I think ultimately it's great i mean any now you have full access to tell whatever marvel story you want i think with disney plus coming out you have more toys in the toy box for for them to kind of make it like the movies are the big comic crossover events and like you can use disney plus to tell the little side stories that you don't get to tell i i think we'll see a a resurgence of Marvel miniseries, Marvel one-shots, uh, which I miss. I love the original phase one Marvel one-shots, the, the little Blu-ray extras that they throw in there. So I think it just gives them more content. I, I'd love to see, um, you know, you're always afraid that they're going to just rely on the old faithful, like we're going to see Wolverine back and dominant. I, I don't think we'll see that. I think they're smart enough to let the X-Men rest a little bit. I think you can hype up the fantastic four since they've been down for a little bit of time and, and really get a lot of mileage out of the fantastic four galactus and dr doom and even fucking Mole man and all that other nonsense um i would love to see reed richards of course be played by john krasinski but i'd love to see evil reed richards the maker from the ultimate universe kind of oh, i like that one um so, I mean, it just gives you options. The one thing with the, the Sony thing, I would love for them to play nice of Spider-Man in exchange for a deal with Marvel to like, hey, remember Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that beloved movie that we made? We'll give you more Spider-Man toys if you let us do the animated version of this universe, because I think that would benefit both sides even more. I'd love to see Sony blow out the animated side of things. Um, they've, they've shown that they can do a, an excellent job with it.
1: I'm on board with that. Uh, you mentioned Doom. Obviously, give me Doom. That's that's the biggest thing out of this. We've said for years, you know, Fantastic Four, cool. I just want Doom. I just want Doom over here. And, you know, that, that moment when you see Thing fighting Hulk, you know that's inevitable. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I saw Silver Surfer show up in, in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I think I'd probably flip my shit. That would be amazing. That would be pretty badass. I I feel like Galactus, no, 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 would, be, Galactus no, you, would be... What's that?
2: I was going to say, now you've got me keyed into this Guardians 3 thing because if you make Galactus your big bad for the next set of Marvel movies, Guardians is a great place to kick him off.
1: See, I was going to say, I think that Galactus would be better in a Guardians movie than against the Avengers. But that's maybe just because I want Doom. I want Doom to be the next Thanos. I want them to build him up over a series of 7 to 10 to 15 fucking movies. I want him to be, this, because both of our favorite Marvel villains, is Dr. Doom. So we want to see this done right. If he's a one-and-done, I will be absolutely devastated.
2: So there is is something that someone brought up about this deal, and uh, specifically the X-Men, that I didn't really think about. And I'm kind of curious to to get your opinion on it. They pointed out that it's going to be very hard to integrate Magneto into this universe. And the big reason, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of like in our timeline, As far as the years go maybe a little bit ahead i think um right he's
1: a holocaust survivor yeah
2: he's a holocaust survivor and that's a crucial that is the crux of his whole character and at this point the holocaust holocaust is almost 80 years ago
1: they'd have to do captain marvel they'd have to take it take a place in the 80s or something like that but that would be tough
2: yeah i mean it really does because my first reaction was like okay just move him up a different war but the minute you move him to a different war, you change the character. There's yeah. nothing else. I mean, nobody
1: wants, uh, nobody wants Magneto, the Vietnam POW. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants that. Yeah. No, that's and I don't know if it was Iger and Bob Iger's release, or if it was Feige he was like the early, absolutely earliest you'll see anything X-Men in the MCU is 2021.
2: Yeah.
1: So my, my guess is we're going to have it slowly, maybe a couple of characters introduced in some movies, something like that. And you're not going to see Wolverine until maybe a second or third X-Men movie, in my opinion.
2: I mean, I, I trust Feige to, to figure it out, a way to make... He's make, proved
1: he knows how to slow roll it, so...
2: Yeah, I, I, he'll have a plan on how to introduce them and everything, but, I mean, that is... To me, that's going to be interesting because eventually you will have Magneto join this universe, and, I mean, he's probably the most iconic Marvel villain, and how do you do it without completely ripping up, like ripping apart what the character is? Uh, um, in
1: that same release, they also said that Deadpool is the only character that they're bringing over from their, uh, their Marvel movies over there so uh it's still gonna fly under the fox studios banner so i don't think we'll ever see him integrated into the mcu and at this point it's kind of like he could just be so meta and make jokes about that by like everybody gets to play except me or something like this so i can deadpool. see him actually making a joke out of that.
2: oh yeah no deadpool 3 actually will be funny now because uh, you're gonna have a lot of disney jokes in there um what's the last Was one more thing
1: oh since all the x-men uh actors are going to be available now what do you think about michael fastbinger's doom i would say mads but mads has already played a character
2: if you if you if you build it up slowly i buy into it i, I think it's the hard thing is you can't show him too fast because people are gonna be like oh is he magneto again
1: I, right no i was thinking that too then I, mean, I even saw that mcavoy said that he'd be willing to play magneto in the mcu and i'm like guys stop stop <laughs> i want i want these actors in the mcu but well, no 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 not, not these james characters.
2: McAvoy can play any character in the world that he wants he's a fantastic actor i want him everywhere i believe that
1: mcavoy could play gene gray if you asked him to the dude's that good
2: i mean james mcavoy go be james bond
1: i wouldn't i would not be mad i would not be mad Alright, so uh, I guess we're both kind of for it And you know what, I feel like we're going to build up One day and we're going to get Scarlet I, Witch Stand up and say no more mutants And we're going to have House of M and it's going to be phenomenal
2: It'll be interesting to see What they do with that because of the Whole Magneto Scarlet Witch tie but I, I Kevin Feige's earned Trust, he's got His track record is what, 22 films and 20 of them are good to great So yeah Kevin Make it happen
1: uh, so the trailer for Toy Story 4 dropped, and my only question to you as a Pixar fan is I'm supposed to be happy watching this. Why do I feel so sad? And I think I've just come to the conclusion that Toy Story 3 just broke me. <laughs> I think <laughs> I always said that I felt like Toy Story 3 was the perfect ending. Uh, I, I didn't think that we needed this movie. Of course, I'm gonna see it because that's my favorite Pixar franchise. Uh, My kid's over the moon about it. He was so hyped watching that trailer. Uh, I don't know. I just felt sad watching it. I don't know if it's just because of the ending of Toy Story 3 just just tore me apart so bad that I see anything Toy Story related now. That's all I could think about. Did the trailer do anything for you?
2: My reaction was, I don't know that the family film is... uh, The family film that I need is an existential crisis because that's all this movie screams is like wondering what a toy's place in the world is and like it seems a little too That's a little too heavy for my toy story and this is coming from someone who loves the original 3. It's a weird story to tell to me. Like it didn't it didn't grab me, it didn't make me want to go see this movie and, and it's simply because I thought the first 3 told the story perfectly. The I, same way. I don't know what you need, I don't know what more, I don't know what the value is here and the trailer didn't do that for me. The trailer didn't say like oh yeah, this is a story you have to have. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a toy story. People will go. I'll probably end up going and seeing it, but it's not something that I'm like crazy about, and I, and I don't think the trailer helped that. It just it made it seem a little bit more to me. I'm like, I, this might be more money than an actual story to tell.
1: Listen to me, Pixar. I'm taking my... He'll be my seven-year-old son at that point. It would not be good for him to see his 40-year-old father balling in the theater. So, please, could you keep it just... Don't don't make it Toy Story. Don't Toy Story 3 it. Please. Just Let's, let's have some fun, damn it. Uh, I, I hope the movie has more buzz in it, because Buzz was barely in this thing. And I, I love Buzz. Buzz is my favorite Toy Story character. So I'm hoping there's some more buzz in there and, and less of the spork character. So uh, <laughs> sticking with Tom Hanks, though. Uh, we got that first image of him as Mr. Rogers on, actually on set in the movie. You're right. It smells like Oscar bait.
2: I mean biopics are oscar bait and if you can become someone else and and, i double
1: take i double take i thought it was actually archival footage of mr rogers
2: he looks he looks exactly like him and i'm sure that he's so good with his voice he's gonna sound like him and they're gonna open up that movie with it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and
1: talk about the
0: waterworks
2: (laughs) waterworks happen and he's gonna walk away with all the trophies next year it's the, the, I can't see it. I I can't unsee it. It's just too perfect. And it's Tom. I, Hanks. Would, I love Tom yeah, Hanks.
1: Yeah, it's Tom Hanks.
2: Yeah. He's gonna bring the goods. He always brings the goods. He's a phenomenal actor, and I mean, this might be his like masterpiece of a job right here. Like, I I still do double takes. Like, I'm looking at it right now. And I I can't believe that it's friggin' Tom Hanks and not Mister Rogers.
1: I still haven't watched that documentary the won't you be my neighbor just because I'm like, I'm going to get too emotional watching that. So uh, (laughs) I'm sure this movie will be the same way. And plus Tom Hanks is, you know, one of my favorite actors of all time. He's a lot of people's favorite actors of all time. So uh, yeah, perfect pick apparently. And uh, again, guys, if Danny says something's going to win an Oscar, put money on it. He's got five. I got five on it. There you go. (laughs) i know you do not watch stranger things three but i I did did get a new trailer for it so i just want to say hey it looks cool (laughs) i didn't watch enough time to like down or anything we're talking about all these other things uh it comes out in july uh i'm going to it's going to be appointment viewing for me i was rather stunned to see just how much these kids have grown up they're not hiding from that you know, they are not hiding from that at all. They're, they're doing the, uh, you know, we can't stay kids forever kind of thing. I feel like this is going to be the last one of this group. They might turn it into an anthology series after this. But I feel like this is going to be the last one of this group. And uh, it looks appropriately creepy. And uh, I, I'm, it wasn't going to take much to get me there. And damn it, I wish you would try again, man, because it's such a cool series.
2: I mean, I might, I might try again after I get done with my, my uh, CW verse binge. Uh, it seems to grasp the internet seems to love stranger things. So I'll try it again.
1: I've told you we're going to be kind of a quick fire round. Cause we talked about the other stuff so much. Uh, I've told you as a big film school guy that you would love Deadwood on HBO because I felt like it was a masterclass of acting and it was probably the most realistic portrayal of the old West that I have ever seen in my life. And it ended on a cliffhanger. It got canceled on a cliffhanger. So not only are we getting the resolution finally with most of the original cast back. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, a direct HBO movie. We're getting it soon. The trailer dropped the other day and it comes out in May. I was like blown away. I can't believe that it's coming this soon. But dude, Ian McShane in that, in that series and Timothy Oliphant are just phenomenal. And I, I you've got Kyle's HBO Password, man. Watch the pilot for Deadwood, and I guarantee you'll be hooked. It's such a cool show, and I'm just glad we're getting this resolution. I don't care how long it is later because watching that trailer, I was like, "This isn't them now. This is from back then." No, they still look the same, which is amazing because this show came out in like 2004. So it's really, it's just really cool. see getting CTC something get to an actual ending, and I hope that we can do this with some of this other stuff uh, that we'll talk about here in a minute, Uh, Angel. Uh, That we can talk about that. I know that you'll have more input for, but. Uh, Deadwood, yeah. Uh, highest of recommends. Danny, Apple TV is making a streaming service, but I got to ask you, who isn't these days? That's like the cool thing to do. Oh, you don't have a streaming service? Don't you even lift, bro? Any I, expectations?
2: I mean, it's Apple. They have all the resources in the freaking world. And Spielberg, things. Spielberg and Abrams. Oh, yeah. great to go, Steven Spielberg. Well, nice to see that you're trashing Netflix. Now I get it. Now it makes sense. <laughs>
1: Oh yes, yeah, so I said when you told me that that tweet, Money I was like, Ooh, "Shade." So so it's like, yeah, we don't we don't we don't respect uh, movies that aren't at the movie theater. But now we're gonna be talking about working with a streaming service. All
0: right, I see you.
2: Money freaking talks, man. Um, it, it, it'll be fine. It's too much. Like we're get, we're at the point where it's too much. I, it, and a Hulu and Disney Plus and CBS All Access and and now you, you knew it's
1: too much when you have to sell me on Disney Plus. You know.
2: I mean, so it's just like cool. It's like cool. I'm waiting for someone to bundle all these streaming services into a cable it. package. <laughs> oh wait, what, you mean it's cable again?
0: It's like the cable again. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you build it, they will come. If you if you have this series, people you will find an audience and people will watch it. But um, I'm really hoping that maybe one day there's a all TV a la carte like. I can buy this series and just watch like
1: a bundle package. You can get five streaming <laughs> services for this much a month. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean like Netflix sent me the, the, the letter the other day where they're going to raise prices. I'm like, cool. It's the same like month per month. It's the same amount as an Amazon prime membership. I'm very tempted to just cancel my Netflix and just buy Amazon prime. Cause I'll not only get TV series and movies, I'll get like other services too. And maybe, <laughs> maybe, I mean, there's more value there than the Netflix service for whatever comes out a month. And now that they canceled all the Marvel shows, I don't really give a shit about Netflix.
1: I think that the the whole thing with us with the Amazon was uh, if you did Amazon Prime while you're a while you're a student, I got it for half price. And what we saved on their subscriber save deal for kids diapers, it, it paid for itself. So the streaming service was just like a bonus. But I feel like that streaming service is really going to take off this year. And I'll talk about that why in just a little bit, but I know it's a show that you don't watch, which blows my mind that you don't because you're basically the, the spokesperson for the, for the CW. But since you're the spokesperson for CW, I feel like you would have to say, Hey, this is an incredible, incredible accomplishment. Supernatural season 15 is going to be the last. And I call this the flagship series. I don't really know if it's the highest rated show. I think the flash might probably have higher ratings than supernatural. I don't know, but when something goes 15 years on your network, I'm sorry. I got to consider that your flagship show. So hell of a run. And I mean, I'm only on season 10. I, I, I watched it like crazy when it first came out, kind of slowed down kind of started watching it slowly over Netflix over time. But even at its worst, the show is still watchable. I really feel like it's kind of like the X files of the CW. It really has. I don't think that besides the office, there's not a more gift gift or gift show. However you say that on Twitter, uh, it's just, hey, man, it's an incredible accomplishment. And, and, and you working unofficially for the CW, you have to admire something like this, right? 15 years, man.
2: I mean, technically, it's not a CW show. It's a WB show. That's, <laughs> that's how old it is, guys. It was still the WB. Uh, when this goes off the air, there will be nine American series that have gone longer. Uh, the nine are American Dad, somehow, someway, I don't really what? understand. Really? Wow. Grey's Anatomy, which is still going. Uh, NCIS, which also still going. Uh, family guy, which famously resurrected uh, law uh, Lassie, uh, the original Lassie, 1950, oh, wow. 1971 law and order SVU, which is still going as well. 20 seasons in Holy crap uh, law and order, the original, uh, which went 20 seasons Gunsmoke smoke uh, went 20 seasons. And then of course the, the Simpsons uh, season 30 renewed all the way through season 32. The Simpsons will never die ever. Um, most episodes uh of any series as well and if you had told me that at number 10 you'd you would have supernatural at 15 that supernatural would be maybe one of about 30 shows to to crack 300 episodes primetime scripted series only um i I mean that's just i mean for fans that are that were crying about it it's like no there's no reason to cry they this is an astounding run period you can't belittle it in any way because it would it's going to go 15 seasons, 315 or so episodes. There's nothing bad you can say about it. Not, there aren't many shows that have this kind of run, this kind of success. And uh, it really will be a changing of the guard for the CW. Cause not only will you have supernatural come off after next season arrow again, of course, is coming off of next season. And that means that the, the veteran in the room, as far as the longest running TV series will be the flash. So, um, it's uh, the CW is definitely changing it, changing it up, and uh, they're, but at least they're giving its long running shows the proper time to craft a proper send off.
1: I feel like their plan right now is to have this new Buffy the Vampire Slayer show be the one that replaces Supernatural when it goes off, or they're 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 getting new showrunners for Charm the Charmed reboot, so maybe maybe they're hoping that that kind of takes off. Uh, it's, for a guy like you, I don't understand how you haven't watched this because you take a tiniest, tiniest bit of X Files and you add in Charm to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that's what this is. Uh,
2: this I is. Mean, your alley. I mean, I'm sure I will binge it one day.
1: I know it's kind of like me with this fancy yeah. series. Oh yeah, this fancy series of 15 books that are all 750 pages apiece. That sounds daunting and impossible, but I think it's uh, Supernatural is one of those shows that. Hey, I'm just kind of you know doing homework or. or or, 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 work work or something at the house or doing some chores I can put on Supernatural and have a good time I think it's one of those type of shows So,
2: I mean with uh, over 300 episodes it's going to be in syndication forever So,
1: I think one day you'll probably check it out and be like eh, this is yeah. quite good I, mean, I don't expect you to binge run this I don't think anybody could binge run binge run 300 episodes that's insane uh, do they not count South Park in that because it's on cable um episode count or something because South Park me, is like usually seasons
2: let me let me go back and see 22, I think. U.S. primetime television series, major broadcast network. So yeah, cable is not counted in this.
1: Whatever. South Park's better than the Simpsons. Better than Family Guy. Suck it. <laughs>
2: Simpsons, you can't. You can't be smirched. The Simpsons. the Simpsons always did it first. There is a quote for everything in that show.
1: The episode of oh, Simpsons did it first, and it was terrific. <laughs> they even had the, had the Simpsons characters on the show. It was fantastic. Uh a couple of King things I got to mention here. Castle Rock season two, some of the castings has been announced. Uh, Tim Robbins is going to be on the cast. So I feel like that kind of already legitimizes it. He's not going to be Andy from Shawshank Redemption, but uh, it's still, it's kind of like Sissy Spacek played Carrie, but she wasn't Carrie on the show. So it's just kind of like a nod to that, but they are going to have a classic character on there from misery. Uh, you're going to have Annie Wilkes, which was famously played by Kathy Bates. The, she won an Oscar for that role. And for some reason, they're going to sexy her up, though, because she's going to be played by Lizzie Kaplan, who is not difficult on the eyes. But I still think that's really, really cool. My problem with Castle Rock Season 1 was it's like I felt like it was more a Stephen King Easter egg show than it was a Stephen King lore show. They had one uh, character from his books in the show, and it sounds like they're going to do that with this, too. But it sounds like they're embracing some more of the tie-in because they've got characters from uh, from Stand By Me. They've got characters from Tommyknockers in this. So it feels like they're actually like realizing, hey, we've got these properties. Let's use it. And I'm totally here for the Pennywise and Church the Cat and Buddy comedy movie. I can't wait. It's gonna be terrific. Is uh, the Hulu. Oh, yes, baby. No, not for not not from you. Uh, Amazon <laughs> announced uh, their series oh, lead. I, I, said,
2: but, I said Lizzie Kaplan can call me. That's all I have to say on the matter.
1: Sure, uh, I mean Cloverfield. That she was the best part of that movie, right? Uh, that's what I said. So you're going to sexy up the creepiest character, maybe one of the creepiest characters in King Thor. That's that's an interesting choice, but we're we're going to see because that's a that's an insane role. It
2: will always be Janice DM e. to me. What's that from? A I Mean
1: Girls. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. And it's yeah. Lacey Lacey Shaver. Lacey Shaver forever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I said last uh, last episode that I felt like Amazon was desperate to find that successor, the fantasy successor to game of Thrones. And I said, they've got wheel of time, which is probably the most popular books that aren't fantasy books that aren't Lord of the Rings. They've got Lord of the Rings, which is the most popular fantasy series ever. And they've also got Stephen King's dark tower, which I was kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, they've announced their two series, they've casted their two series leads and very blatantly they're leaving that abomination of a, of a movie that they put out last year uh, that Sony put out, uh, because, uh, the main character is not Idris Elba, and in fact, the main character is white, like he is in the book. So there, it's kind of the glaringly obvious elephant in the room, as I put earlier. The actor that they cast at him is named Sam Strike, who sounds like a WWE wrestler. I've never, <laughs> never really heard of him. Uh, I, I, I looked him up. Uh, he's very, very young. The character of Roland is supposed to be very, very old, but there is the fourth the fourth book in the series is kind of like has a 600 page flashback to when he was a teenager. So I think that they're going to go with that. But the big one is that the role of the Man in Black, which is a maybe the biggest villain in all of King Mythos, because he crosses over into dozens of books. Uh, Jasper, I can't say his last name. If you saw Black Klansman, he uh, he was the, uh, the the I guess the main baddie on on Black Klansman. Uh, he's got the creepy eyes. He uh, he was really good on Vikings, so I think that's a really good casting. It hasn't officially been greenlit. This is for the pilot, so we're gonna see. But I think. Like I said, they're so desperate. Bezos is so desperate to be the person that has the next Game of Thrones on his on his service that uh, that they're going to sink some money into this. They're going to go with those three series to try to uh, steal some viewers there. But I will just say, guys, if uh, you like Game of Thrones, Dark Tower is not going to be what you're looking for because <laughs> that is a batshit banana crazy series. I have nine books. And uh, I love about seven of them. So uh, uh obviously I'm gonna be very interested. I think that this casting already is better than the casting they did. I love Matthew McConaughey, but he was like a skinny Wayne Newton in that movie. I don't know what the hell I don't know what was going on in that movie. When when you even got one of our one of our great current actors and he's terrible in that movie, something went wrong. But you know what? Hey, less Idris album means it's already gonna be better. Come at me, bro. No, right. no,
2: I got nothing. I'm Here's not, what you I'm- got David Boreanaz. Yeah. My guy. He's an
1: angel reunion. Now, I don't know what this is. I don't know. Maybe this Buffy, the vampire slayer continuation slash reboot that they're doing. Maybe he's just going to show up in that for like a cameo as a different character, because I, right now I'm just like, how are you going to explain? Look, he's aged really well. All right. He's still a very handsome man. Don't get me wrong. My wife would leave me and I wouldn't be mad about it for him. Okay. And, He's aged really, really well, but you know what? Angel's a vampire. Why is he aged? I don't really know. They can probably write this in there somehow.
2: A vampire with a soul. But yeah. You want to talk?
1: You want to talk about? He loved it right uh, there. <laughs> Man, this ended on the biggest cliffhanger of all cliffhangers, and and I told you that the, the season six that they did in the comics was fantastic, and never would have been able to be on TV because of the budget. It had a freaking dragon in it, for God's sakes. But you can always any time we've talked about any of these shows we'd like to see revived, I've been like, "Give me Buffy and Angel." That's what I want. I would love to see that. I don't know Buffy what he said. There's something going on that I can't really talk about, but there's something in the works. So, Danny, did this did this tickle your fancy about the idea of the of the verse getting going again?
2: I mean, you're getting your Buffy reboot, so calm down. Uh.
1: <laughs> Buffy continuation. Do it a continuation.
2: I preferred Angel to Buffy. I, I think I've said this on the show. I've definitely said it to you before. You kind of looked at me like a No, no
1: I understand. I said it, it like, like by season three. I was like, dude, this is either this is on par. It might be better because I think it was coinciding with like Buffy season six, which was like meh nah, to me. So
0: yeah.
2: The the Fred dying scene is still like one of the most emotional things that I've ever seen. Devastating. On- to this day, it just like rips my heart out and just like crushes it in my hands. Uh, never trust. Josh. That's when I knew I could never trust Josh Reed. And like
1: calendar, I think and Buffy, that moment was just like devastating. So yeah.
2: Um, so yeah. No, if Angel wants to come back, I, I'm 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 for it. I mean, David Boreanaz is great. Jay August Richards is. It's nice to see him getting some of the the side gigs that he's gotten over the past few years. But
1: Agent mm-hmm. What else has he been doing?
2: He's done a few. Like he's done a few other things, not just Agent Show. I forgot the last thing I saw him on. But like every time I see him, I'm like, Ah, gun. There you go. Bust out the axe. Right
1: back wesley i don't care if he died bring him back
2: (laughs) um i have read the the continuation i i I saw how they brought him back which genius way to do it but
1: terrific
2: yeah no i i'm for it if they want to bring it back i'll watch it i don't care if he's aged or not i'm willing to just to you know like look past that they have makeup they have technology now um angels is one of my favorite shows I, i i love it and i I need more because it definitely five seasons was, it had at least another two or three in it.
1: Just bring back Dave Boreanaz with the jacket. Boom. I'm in. It's like
2: that theme song.
1: Yeah. hell yeah. It's awesome. God, it's so good. You can make me rewatch it. Uh, We don't really talk about wrestling on this show. I don't think, uh, I know, I don't pretty sure you haven't probably watched it in like 20 years. If you watched, I think everybody was watching it in the nineties.
2: watched it in the nineties, bled awful slowly. It, WrestleMania is a big enough event that friends have WrestleMania viewing parties, and I've gone to them. So, right. and, you know,
1: Me and Armin always kind of watch the the wrestling pay per views and just sit there and just just, just trash them. And be like, this is terrible. This is terrible. It's just like something we do together But WrestleMania is like, you know, it's it's like Super Bowl. People who don't who, believe it or not, there are people who don't like football. Uh, and people have, who don't like
2: football. At at
1: you know, and I think it's the same with WrestleMania. Uh, I, why I want to bring it up is because I think this is kind of a big deal. Uh, for the first time in the history of the show, it will have an all-female main event. And that's a huge deal. Uh, Not just because of Ronda Rousey, obviously, that was a big deal when they got her for the name, the namesake. But they have built up like this organic thing that they just have not done since like the 90s of uh, letting the people decide who they want to be there. And Becky Lynch is just like this huge, huge thing, even where she's crossing over into into. The mainstream media now that's that's kind of a big deal and then you got charlotte flair obviously that's rick flair's daughter i think you actually met her and i'm very jealous
2: uh it was in the office uh not too long ago
1: but i mean this is great i mean we're me and i were the last few pay-per-views we watched it we've been like dude the, the women's stuff is the best stuff that's going on right now and i think it's awesome that they had the courage to do this because it seems like such a not vince mcmahon move to do this and it just means like hey maybe he's embracing this man you you probably with the hot hand and, and obviously just for the, the whole significance of it. I mean, this is, this is, this is huge. I think this is a big damn deal.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you sent it and I, and I said, I'm glad you sent some of this earlier. Cause I, I could watch some of these things and get into it. Um, like I said, I have friends that every so often will they'll, or every year they'll do the WrestleMania uh, viewing party. And I, I've gone to a few of them. Uh, half the time I'm like clueless. I'm like, what's going on? Who's this? What's this? Uh, so, The nice thing about uh, wrestling fandom is that they make all these wonderful little YouTube uh, cuts and mashes. And I I checked it out and I am with you. Like, it's not something that's being done because like, Oh, you know, we have to have equal representation or something like that. It seems like from what I've seen on the video, like the best story, the logical story that's being told is the one um, between Ronda Rousey and, and Charlotte Flair, who, was in the office. I'm going to say that again, because it makes Mike jealous that I've seen her in person, like close, uh, right.
1: X red guys. And he told us that this was happening. And the other guys were like, get her autograph. And I was like, give her my phone number. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and yeah, like at first, like I heard like it was making the rounds in the office. And I was like, I went downstairs. I'm like, who is this really tall woman? giving me a presentation, like in the conference room. Uh, and it kind of worked itself out, but yeah, no, the story is interesting. I didn't know who Becky Lynch was before I started watching these YouTube videos. Becky Lynch, A, can call me. B. Oh,
1: yeah, she can call me.
2: She's a badass. Like, I saw the video where she, I guess, kicked Ronda Rousey's ass, and, like, she's bleeding all over her face. And I'm like, that's that's a fucking star right there. Like, no wonder people are cheering her because she's, she's a fucking badass.
1: Um, yeah, the people that complained about Vince, about how he's always just decided – okay, it's going to be John Cena, it's going to be Roman Reigns, and he's always just forced that down everyone's throat. This is what's going to be. This feels like the first time since the 90s where he's actually listening to the crowd, who the crowd loves, and is saying, okay, we're going to run with it.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, big deal. I mean, they've had 35, according to Wikipedia, 35, 36, 35, uh, WrestleManias, um, the first one ever main evented by women. Huge. Perfect timing, I mean, you saw the box office for Wonder Woman. You saw the box office for Cap. You're seeing the box office for Captain Marvel. Obviously, there's an audience there, and if you're telling the right story, people are gonna are gonna watch and gravitate it. And it doesn't hurt that you have international superstar Ronda Rousey as part of this because I guarantee you, this is probably going to set some sort of record as far as. Uh, well, I mean, I do. not think they do pay per view by all and network.
1: But I bet you'll see a lot of people who sign up for one month and then <laughs> you know pay their nine ninety-nine for the month and then cancel right after.
2: Yeah. So I, I'm sure you'll see them tout some sort of record number off of that. And uh I mean, rightfully so. It seems like it's pretty the story's kind of told itself, really.
1: All right, guys. So hey, we talked about Raston. How about that? Before you know what we're we'll talking about fantasy football. Ha, huh, never. Uh before we go, I did want to bring up real fast that Google has decided to throw their hat into the gaming ring. Uh, they announced the Google Stadia or is it Stadia. I'm not really sure. I didn't watch the presentation. Uh, I got the uh, the gist of what the system is. Basically, it's console-less. The, you're, you're basically going to be playing your games all digital. And while I think that is the future, I think that's where we're headed. The future is all digital. I think this might be a little early. When they said it might be releasing this year, I was like, that thing is going to be so buggy so crappy and it's gonna be what happened to on live I don't know if anybody do you remember on live no yeah on live tried this before and it was like oh great so if you're not like in a super metropolitan area you get like a, one frame per second and then your game crashes look I I, I understand the uh the, the console wars are just a thing I've moved mostly to PC I uh, know you're still an Xbox guy I I don't I think that, like I said, I think this is where we're going in the future. I think it might be too soon. Google has the resources to make something like this happen. But I don't know. It's like playing all of my games completely digital. So I'm telling me I'm going to buy like one box from you and I'm never going to have to buy a console again. I'm having that sounds kind of too good to be true, honestly. But then it's like, do you know how hard Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo fight each other for these first party rights? You don't have these first party rights, man. It's going to be really, really tough to break into this because Sony has huge exclusives right now. Microsoft's buying a bunch of people to try to get some the next big exclusive. Nintendo, obviously, their first party is iconic, and they'll they'll, they'll never be able to compare with that. So, I don't know what Google can do really, unless they're just planning on like buying out everybody, which they might have enough money to do.
2: I mean, I, I go back and. I remember when Sony entered the video game race. It it, it, was, it took them a, it took them a while uh, before they found traction because Sega, and Nintendo were dominating at the time. Microsoft got really lucky with that Master Chief kind of took off. But I mean, even still, the early days of Microsoft were a little bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it does come back to first party titles, but the other part of it is gamers are, are extremely, extremely, extremely loyal. I mean, you're talking to a person who only owned. Nintendo from like the super Nintendo all the way through the Wii U. Mm. Uh, And soon I will get my switch. Uh, That's it's it's good. good. Um, I mean, it took a lot for me to overcome that and just buy a micro buy an Xbox 360 and buy an Xbox one. Uh, I still won't touch a Sony system because I'm that much of a loyalist. I damn sure I'm not going to go pick up a Google system or pay for Google because They don't, what, what do they have that, that I can't, like, what do they have? They don't have a Mario. They don't have a link. They don't have, they don't even fucking have Sonic the Hedgehog and his weird furry little calves. Um, (laughs) so I think it's weird. And I think that yes, it's Google. They have money. Like even if they lose they're even if they're willing to lose, like it's not going to hurt them, but I don't, I can't see many, like, I don't know the gamer that's going to be like, Oh yeah, I got to get this Google system. I got to get it. Like Hell, we talk about the Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast was genius. It was ahead of its time, and it fell because it just bled money. Like, is Google willing to go that route? Like, even if this "quote unquote" too good to be true system is everything that it's cracked up to be, are they willing to lose money because they're so they're ahead of itself? I
1: I asked our buddy Kyle to to uh, to.
2: I will just say this before you get to the Kyle thing: Google. If Google jumps in, you know Amazon's going to jump in at some point.
1: And you know Apple's like, I can't believe Apple hasn't tried to get into it. I mean, if Microsoft could do it, why can't Apple, right?
2: Yeah, no, Apple's the same. I mean, didn't Apple introduce something at their at their press conference, like Apple Arcade or some nonsense like that? Well,
1: probably. I mean, Apple announces so much new stuff since Jobs died, I can't keep up with all of it anymore.
2: It's more, they did, Apple Arcade is actually a thing, and it's more mobile gaming, but I mean, it's the same thing, like no, just give me my Nintendo. Go away. Fuck Sony.
1: Well, anytime we have anything game-related, I, I ask our buddy Kyle, who basically, how I am with Stephen King novels, that's Kyle with video games. He can tell you. He can tell you everything compared to it, and, and especially when it's specs. So I'm not going to get into specs, because I asked him to chirp in, and he sent us a text. It was awesome. basically the size of a Stephen King novel. Uh, basically, to without throwing a bunch of uh, stuff about teraflops and stuff at you. Basically what he's saying is he he thinks that the, the concept has promise like me. He thinks that uh, it's a little too early, but uh, he said he's, he's finding it bullshit that they're, they're claiming there's going to be no latency and that people, you know, it isn't going to be crashing for them all the time. And he says, he thinks what they should do is double down on Google fiber and make sure that everyone across the nation can get decent internet before you try to do this. Because, that's a lot of of streaming power when you're talking about this. To, to be able to to play your game anywhere. I mean, you can play it on your phone, you can play it on your iPad, you can play it on your, your TV, you can play it on your computer. That's that's a lot, man. These games, it's not like these games are gonna be getting uglier, you know, they're gonna get even better looking, right? I mean, what's the point of, of jumping into next gen and then your games look like crap? So I mean, we're talking about a lot of processing power here. So I think it is something that's going to happen. I just think it, they might not be ready for it and trying to be first I think it probably harm them. But it's Google they'll be fine. I'm not worried about them financially.
2: I'm sure their their families won't starve that's for sure. <laughs> right.
1: Right. So uh hey, you know when it comes to innovation, you know, sometimes you got to take those risks, you know. Jeff Bezos talked about a, a seminar I listened to his uh, not too long ago for my uh, for my current business course it was he just talking about like, you know, everyone thinks Oh, you're just everything you come up with is a great idea it's like he talked about several things that he's come up with just like in the last five years that flopped, you know, so he said, you can't, you can't be afraid to take chances, you know, but try to be smart about it. You know, it is not being first doesn't always necessarily make you you know the best. So they, those are words to live by and just, you know, a good rule of thumb when it comes to basic business, you get too, too schooly on you there. Uh, So you have anything else, man? I mean, this is a kind of a longer episode, but I know we we had two movies that we really wanted to break down.
2: Jordan Pills a genius. Fuck (laughs) forever. Fuck who? Fuck Sony forever. Fuck Sony. Why fuck Sony? Fanboy. Come on. Nintendo all the way.
1: Oh, well, I say fuck Sony forever because look what they did to Dark Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought that they had poisoned the well so bad with Dark Tower. I got
2: to watch the back. I got to watch the back. Sony gave me Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and Baby Driver, so like we we're cool Sony, we're cool. And Baby Driver 2 that's going to come out eventually.
1: And Venom didn't suck. So
2: that still surprises that surprises yeah. me too March 2 was actually pretty good. So I the fact that I'm looking forward to Venom 2 is is something else. I, I still can't believe that. I really can't. This is stunning to me.
1: All right, so guys, uh coming up on 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 a I guess you say on the slate here. I think, I think we should have a regular show next week, unless there's just like nothing going on. Uh, but the week after that, we've got our, we got our Shazam review. And then we've got, uh, our game of Thrones preview special. Uh, I believe our buddy Armin's joining us. Kyle might be Kyle was on with us the last time. Uh, that dude has got, he's like me. He's been reading this series forever. So he has, he has a shit ton more theories than I do. And, uh, some of them still make me just be like, Oh, you know, so that's pretty good. Then, of course, we're going to have our Avengers Endgame preview, followed by our Avengers review. So uh, a lot of special. April's just going to be bananas between Game of Thrones, Avengers. uh, Twilight Zone starts on the 1st. I know you don't have CBS all access. I don't either, but I have ways of watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know, uh, since you're uh, all aboard, that uh, Jordan Peele is the new Master of Horror, which is just hilarious. Uh, But I know you're all aboard that train, so I'm sure you'll be interested to hear what I think of that as a fan of how I think his movies have turned into a uh, twilight zone episodes and that uh, I'm a big fan of the original twilight zone uh, series. So I, I'm very mm-hmm. excited to see how that works out. I still can't believe it's not in black and white. That seems weird.
2: I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I will say uh, Rolling Stone did a, an incredible feature uh, on Jordan pill just before us dropped. And I think the reason why I root so hard for him now as, as opposed to that is because of that article and, it's clear when you read it, like he loves movies and he's a geek about movies. He's a geek about like all these pop culture fandoms. And and it's hard not to root for, for a guy like that. Like he's, he's out there, he's doing what he's, what he's meant to do. And uh, as a film student, like it's, it's really cool to see this guy who, who took all that learning and who, who genuinely loves the craft. The fact that he made, he cast the people for his actors for us that he had a playlist of movies for them to go watch and 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 kind of learn from is astounding and a guy who takes that kind of care to his craft like i definitely want i want to see him succeed because i want more movies from him uh because they're very entertaining and they're not just straight remakes of old movies and hollywood needs original stories needs it i I love the fact that I was hyped to go to a movie that wasn't a remake, that wasn't a superhero movie, that, that wasn't a sequel. Uh, it doesn't happen as often anymore. And that, that's what I want.
1: I can't argue with you there. And I'll just close it with a, uh, by saying, I think that Jordan Peele's best movie is still to come. So, oh yeah, there you go.
2: This is only his second, his only his second movie as a director.
1: Right. And I mean, I've been a good in between seven and eight out of 10 on both movies I think he's got a 10 in there somewhere and I, I can't wait to when it happens. Cause I think it will happen. Like you said, the fact that he studies old movies and stuff, that's, that's a big up for me. So just keep the same kind of soundtrack. If you're going to stick to horror. Cause I, I love that. I love that. Less of the, I got five on it. That was really cool. And all that was really cool. Don't get me wrong you made that uh, haunting song that's cool that's really cool but give me more of the strings percussion stuff like that the piano and and the choral arrangements that's the kind of stuff that makes the 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 hair stand up on my arms so that's that's pretty cool all right guys kind of a a long episode but uh hey that's what happens when you miss a week so um danny i hope you're i hope your back gets better and uh we can see your your glorious glorious grill on here again pretty soon Okay, geeks, thanks for listening to the show. Now, if you didn't get enough geek material to help you through the week, you can always hop on the TARDIS here and check out the archives on the homepage, Facebook, YouTube, or iTunes. Also, take a moment and subscribe on iTunes and leave a star rating if you get a second as it helps others to find the show. To find us, just simply open iTunes and search for Geek Media Corp. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. The home account is at GMC Podcast. Mike is at Zep1978. And Danny is at DC612. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next week.